Good evening and welcome to the Independent News Hour. I'm John Tarleton, editor in chief of the Independent New York City's progressive newspaper and website. I'm joined today by my co host, Abu Gagarian. Hi, John. It's great to be here with you and all of our listeners on 99.5 FM and streaming on WBAI.org. We have another amazing show in store today. And also tomorrow, our, our October print edition will hit the streets of New York. In the new issue, we feature subway buskers, violence interrupters stopping violent crimes before they start, student loan debtors facing the end of the three-year moratorium on their loan repayments, and more. The issue also includes a four-page special section on the solidarity campaigns organized by New Yorkers 50 years ago in response to the U.S.-backed coup in Chile that overthrew the socialist government of Salvador Allende. You can find our new issue in the Independence Red and White outdoor news boxes in public libraries, independent bookstores, cafes, social movement centers, and other venues. Later in the show, we'll fill you in on how you can get a subscription to The Independent and have it delivered straight to your uh, mailbox every month. Uh, you can, and We'll talk more about that and how you can become a WBAI buddy at the same time. And then the first half of today's show, we're going to get all the latest from the epic struggle in Atlanta over the future of Cop City, the massive police training facility that local officials want to clear cut a forest to build. Matt, well, are clear cutting a forest to build. Matt Scott from the Atlanta Community Press Collective will catch us up on all of that and more. And in the second half of today's show, we'll talk with Jacobin columnist Branko Markatich about his recent article, on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the squad, their many unacknowledged successes, and what exactly left-wing elected officials can and cannot uh, be expected to achieve when they go to work inside the system. But before we talk about the fights to save the Bulani Forest from Cop City, John, you have a couple of environmental updates from Sunday. Yes, I, I, I uh, joined the big climate march on Sunday that wound its way through Midtown and made its way over to the United Nations. It really felt like the climate movement was back after having to retreat from the streets uh, during the pandemic over the last several years. The uh, organizers said there was as many as 75,000 people on hand. They were demanding that President Biden take dramatic actions to uh, end our reliance on fossil fuels. And as I was saying, it was the biggest climate action in the United States uh, since uh, the pandemic hit in 2020. So who all was there? Well, there was a large ind- indigenous delegation uh, at the uh, front of the march. Uh, there were also uh, uh, local uh, New York-based uh, people of color-led organizations, including New York Communities for Change, Make the Road New York, uh, Drum, or Desi's Rising Up and Moving, based out in Queens. Uh, they all had sizable contingents on hand. At the same time, it was still uh, a largely uh, white, uh, middle-class uh, demographic that turned out. Uh, but it was not entirely uh, monochromatic. And at the same time, uh, later in the day, I had had a chance to make my way down uh, to the Liz Christie Community Garden, kind of going to the micro scale here, uh, which is located on uh, Houston between uh, Bowery and 2nd Avenue. Uh, The Liz uh, Christie Garden uh, was New York City's very first uh, official community garden, started in 1973 and is still there today. Uh, it was uh, on Sunday. It was celebrating its 50th anniversary uh, when that garden was planted uh, by Liz Christie and other uh, 
local volunteers in the neighborhood. It really became a model that uh, was replicated all over the city. We now have a nearly 600 community gardens. And uh, I had a chance to talk with uh, Bill Brunson, uh, one of the co-founders of that garden, uh, who was on hand on Sunday. It, 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 he looked back on what they had accomplished. I think the city came around to that, um, seeing the value of what local motivated volunteers could do. And so it did it. Acted as an example. Um, the city came around, you know, organized what we now have on um, Green Thumb. Uh-huh. Uh, Parks Department is very on board. And now there are almost 600 of these volunteer-maintained community gardens in the Thai boroughs. Right. Um, so it's it's a real resource. Um, we think of Green Space or Central Park and mm-hmm. some of the other satellite gardens around uh, parks. But the Liz Christie Community Garden was kind of a let's plant the nooks and crannies, uh-huh. the small spaces. And that was uh, uh, Bill Brunson, one of the co-founders of the Liz Christie Garden. They're celebrating their 50th anniversary on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Liz Christie, who was really the dynamo uh, who helped uh, get that uh, garden going, uh, she tragically uh, uh, died of cancer in 1985, and, the, and that garden was subsequently named uh, for her. Um, and, and, and as I was saying, there's now almost 600 community gardens all over the city, many of them in neighborhoods uh, that were severely abandoned in the 1970s, including the Lower East Side, uh, Harlem, uh, Bedside, various neighborhoods uh, up in the South Bronx, where neighbors... Uh, basically did what people did at the Liz Christie Garden. They went in and, and uh, cleaned up abandoned lots and and turned them into into uh, really beautiful uh, green spaces right in the city that uh, still serve their communities to this day. 